Hey, afternoon, Lamar. How you doing? Howdy, Tom. Doing well. Doing well. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, so we have been talking about doing this a very long time, uh, doing a podcast. And so here it is. It is our very first, our pilot podcast, if you will, um, getting to third space with Lamar and Tom. So I'm obviously maybe Tom because I've already called you Lamar. Yeah, and I'm Lamar. You know, uh, Tom, you and I have been friends for a long time. Woo. Like 50 years or plus, something like that. <laughs> and... Um, We've kind of uh, walked some similar paths and some different paths, but um, I am uh, I'm currently retired, and uh, but keep myself quite busy. One, I do a lot of photography work, uh, some professional photography, some just fun stuff on my own. Um, I also assist my wife with her business at this point, and you wouldn't believe it. In the past few weeks, I've been driving a semi here Whoa. in in Kansas, uh, working for a friend to just uh, help him harvest his corn. I've never done that in my life before, but why not, right? I am so impressed. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, you know? Sounds, it, yeah. it, it, it really does sound like a lot of fun. Well, uh, yeah, I'm Tom, and as you said, Lamar, we have known each other for a very long time. And um, we grew up together, kind of, just a few miles apart in rural Iowa. And uh, so we both have these kinds of, uh, um, this kind of farmer background, um, but we, neither of us live anywhere near the farm at this point in time, although you're driving a semi for a farmer, of course. Yes. Uh, But um, I am not retired. In the meantime, I'm practicing retirement by playing a lot more golf (laughs) and, and I'm doing my best to, uh, uh, to do so in a way that keeps me beating my son at golf for as many years as possible. After all, isn't that really the whole point of fathers and sons playing golf together is dad winning as long as he possibly can, you know, so. That works. It, yeah. You know, we have spent a lot of our careers um, be observing what's gone in the communities, what's gone, yeah. uh, what's been going on um, around us in the U.S., and a lot of our work has been with people and groups of people and trying yeah. to help those folks walk through difficult times. And yeah. through all of that, we, we've, we've learned a lot yeah. and still have a lot to learn. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. And, and so I, we probably should say that, that in our real professional lives, when we're not just hanging out in our office or our basement, you know, uh, making these recordings, um, you have been a therapist. You have been uh, a college administrator. You've been an HR person. Um, we've both been in the ministry at one time or another, different yeah. churches, obviously. Um, yours backgrounds of Mennonite, mine's Quaker. And um, um, I have spent the, the last number of years working in a fairly controversial field of sexuality education, and teen pregnancy prevention, both of which can really uh, inflame some interesting conversations in communities. And in more recent years, I have done a lot of work in terms of organizational uh, resilience, community resilience, and, and, and helping organizations and communities create positive change. 
So uh, is that a good summation of your career or did I leave something out? I think there wasn't a start. Yeah. What about the professional wrestling? Was there professional wrestling in there at any point? You know, I was going to wait on that and maybe a little bit about the roller derby a little bit later in another episode. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Very good. Well, that will be a, a great subject in the near future. A wrestling a career, career that actually didn't really happen. But, you know. <laughs> In, in the same way that uh, my circus clown career never actually really happened. So, but um, the whole idea that uh, brings us uh, to this place is this idea of getting to a third space. And and maybe we ought to explain what we mean by that a little bit. A, a, a third space is a safe space. And it's a place where people can come together respectfully and in the spirit of listening and sharing and learning together. And um, you kind of alluded to this, that we've been observers Mm -hmm. of the community that we've worked in for quite a long time. And, uh, And I think one of the things I've observed, especially over the last few years, is how difficult it is for people to actually have civil conversations, civil dialogues. And, um, and, we just kind of stumbled onto this, uh, this mutual observation some time ago and, and felt like this is something that we might want to try to speak into uh, for people that are interested in the topic. And I think that, um, you know, from our conversations and, and observations, it seems like there has been some change over the, the last few years. Uh, not that, that uh, 10, 15 years ago, things were perfect in this area of being able to talk about difficult things. But there seems to be a change that that uh, is becoming um, more critical uh, and it maybe has more consequences than it ever has before, uh, at least in our in our lifetime. Uh, you know, I thought back to what w- what was it like, um, you know, uh, both politically and socially. You know, when we were when we were in high school or uh, uh, young adults, and were we really able to talk about things that were challenging uh, in a civil way? And I, you know, I think so. Uh, my my recollection is yes. I believe that we were. I remember having some great conversations with classmates and, and in class, and and uh, you know, uh, with those in the community where we differed, but yet we seemed to come away, um, you know, just as close as as we always were. Uh, but there's always there's this piece of needing to to learn from each other, to be vulnerable with each other that I just uh, it seems like something has changed in that arena. You know, Lamar, I'm wondering, um, I, I was thinking about this for myself, so I, I actually do have an answer answer for this myself. But I'm, I wanted to pose this question to you. Was was there a seminal moment um, that this kind of light? that that caused this light to go on for you that said we need to try to speak into this space um was there anything like that that, that kind of brought you to this you know for me i think um yeah i so so my i have four older brothers and you know uh, a number of nephews uh and nieces and um we we would go on this fishing trip 
uh, once he, we called it a fishing trip. Sometimes we fished, sometimes we didn't, but we go fishing in the Ozarks um, in southern uh, southern Missouri. And I, I distinctly remember an evening where we were all sitting around um, just having a conversation and something came up politically. And it was like a curtain was dropped in between us. And um, there were very strong opinions uh, from a business perspective to that of a social perspective to that of a family perspective. A, a, a curtain seemed to drop. And it was like, yeah, I think we're going to stop going down this road. And that's something that I have felt personally in my own family um, over these years since then. I would say that was probably, I want to say maybe 10 years ago or longer. Um, hmm. But it became clear that if we went down that road much further, um, not everyone would stay in the room. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That was kind yeah. of the light bulb that went on uh, that I wasn't aware was there before. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think I think my awareness of this actually um, really spiked during the pandemic. Uh. Um, and and I remember that uh, uh, I, I did this this uh, when the pandemic started back in uh, March 2020. Uh, I decided that I would start writing a daily blog because, you know, what else was I going to do? All right. I mean, <laughs> I I had to be locked in at home for a while. So I'm going to write a daily daily blog. And I decided I'm going to do this uh, every day as long as we have to be confined to home. And I didn't think it was going to be that long. Right. I thought it was going to be like, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks. And then, you know, I could stop writing a blog. It was over a hundred days later and I was still writing a blog and something, you know, I, I, I go back now and I read that blog and I, and I, and I think some of them were really funny. Some of them were a lot of fun to write. Uh, and then, and then as we went deeper into 2020, I noticed that I became more shrill. Mm. I became, um, less nice, I guess, you know, in the writing of my blog. And then I, then I noticed on Facebook that I was so tired of dealing with people on Facebook. I got so tired of it. There were, I, I remember there were these two guys that would write me on Facebook and, and both of them are people I've known, um, you know, in the past that uh, I've considered friends and and they one was coming at me from the extreme left and the other was coming at me from the extreme right and i remember the day when i said to myself i can't do this anymore so i introduced them to each other on facebook <laughs> and i said i have a suggestion i think you two ought to have a conversation i here here you go and they did and i and and actually, I kind of followed that conversation for a while. I'm not sure that it, it really produced anything, but I just got sick of it. I just got tired of it. And I thought that there just has to be a different way of doing this. And of course, during the pandemic, you know, uh, my spouse and I were meeting with you and your spouse on a regular basis. Um, you know, we were kind of taking care of each other's sanity on, on Saturday morning coffee talks and, and, uh, um, I think it was during that time that the first I, the idea first bubbled about doing something like this. No, I, I think that's right. And 
And, you know, I think that um, if you bring up the pandemic and it's easy to blame a lot of stuff on the pandemic. Yeah. Which yeah. probably isn't fair. Uh, but I think what the pandemic did was it caused caused a lot of us to sit back and just review and uh, assess a few things. Yeah. And and by necessity, we didn't have a lot to do necessarily. Or if we did have a lot to do, you know, we got tired of sitting in our home offices and doing it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would say that social media at that time took a giant oh. step forward. Now, I could be all wet, but that was my perception, that there seemed to be this kind of explosion of conversation that, that happened. And, bec- and as we know about social media, it's got its severe limitations. Um, in fact, I remember when, when, when the Internet came came on board was first going to be used in a public school in Abilene, Kansas. Uh, I was asked to to share a little bit my perceptions as a psychologist what what may be concerns. One of my biggest concerns that I shared, actually I picked it up from a couple of articles for sure. I don't take total credit for it, but one of my concerns is that people were going to be able to share things in whatever format that might be without a lot of accountability. And and I think that that's something that I that I see that may be part of this whole challenge of having a uh, a, a good conversation, a healthy conversation, uh, and learning from each other is that there isn't a lot of accountability about how how we approach each other in these conversations. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. of that, maybe we shy away from that. Yeah. Well, I I know that that for me it became so frustrating with um Facebook that I eventually just closed my account. I I just I just couldn't take it anymore. And uh um I got tired of the vitriol, I got tired of what it was doing to me and the way that I was responding to people. I didn't like, you know, I I didn't like that part of myself, you know, coming out. And so I just I just left Facebook and um I still have I'm still not back on it. Um and I also left Twitter. I le- well, I've, I've been in Twitter, out of Twitter, in, uh, out, back into Twitter. Now I'm definitely out of X. I'm out of X. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just not there anymore because, again, again, if you want to have a reasoned conversation with somebody, I, I don't know that you can do that mm-hmm. over social media. Which maybe that begs the bigger question. The bigger question you know, that we have kicked around, you know, before getting to this space is, is it possible? Is it even possible, still possible for us to disagree agreeably? You know, as we've talked about this in the past, I'm glad you bring it up today. And I, I think about this often. I, and, and maybe I'm, uh, I don't know what I am, but I think I got to fall on the side of, yes, I think it's possible. Um, and I, you and I have experienced it within ourselves or between ourselves and obviously with others in the past. It doesn't mean we can't get there again. But here's my concern has been, it seems like, like we don't know what the rules are anymore mm. you know, or how to do this in a healthy way. I'm beginning to see some light uh, in, in some of the um, uh, conversations I see being had on on the on television or in social media, I'm beginning to see some opportunities that people are taking 
Now, how do we grow that? Hmm. Uh, hmm. I think it's possible. Now, let me ask you, Tom. We've talked about this as well. <laughs> so you're you're headed down. You're heading down the road. Are you driving around the Beltway, and, and someone cuts you off? Are you going to honk your horn? And if so, why? If you're not going to honk your horn, it, because you need to send a message of frustration, <laughs> or you feel like you need to, why not? Wow, that's a really good question. And actually, I, I can answer that with, with a, a kind of an odd thing that happened. Okay. Um, we were driving to National Harbor, and, and in case people don't know, I'm, I, I live in Maryland, just exactly halfway between downtown D.C. and downtown Baltimore, right off of I-95. And my spouse and I were driving down to National Harbor, which is a a beautiful, you know, place down um, just outside of Washington D.C. that has lots of stores and shops and a giant, gigantic Ferris wheel. By the way, really beautiful Ferris wheel over the water. We're driving down there, and right up ahead of us on the road, there's been an accident. A very, very, very bad accident. In fact, uh, there was a fatality. And the Maryland State Patrol was there quickly. And they were, it's a five lanes. So they were closing the lanes progressively from the inside lane where um, uh, the second lane in where the accident happened. But they're closing the inside lane, the second lane, the third lane, the fourth lane. And they're doing it progressively so that the traffic has to all filter down and go to the very outside lane and get by. Well, in my infinite wisdom of knowing how to drive in these situations, I, of course, was on the inside lane. So I had to filter down, filter down, you know, slowly move down to get into the very outside lane. And I remember that we were we were just about ready to go into the single lane that would let us get by the accident. And my spouse started waving to the person next to them, telling them to let us in, let us in. And I turned to him and I said, don't do that. You never know <laughs> what could happen. And so all of that to say, in answer to your question, no, I might want to honk at the person. I might, I might want to honk, yell, and gesture wildly to the person. <laughs> But I won't do it, not today. And, so, and there, there was a time when I would honk, and you know, just a, just a quick honk to let them know, or maybe lay on it if I needed to. The only time I will use that horn in the car is if there is imminent danger, sure, to me or or the next next car. I don't use it out of frustration anymore. So to alert someone, you would use it um, to, to alert somebody. Yeah, right. Danger, absolutely. You, you know, you're talking about a very congested area of the country that you're driving through. Holy cow, is it congested? <laughs> I'm living in the middle of Kansas, right? Yes, and, right. Uh, and I'm helping a farmer uh, harvest his his crops, and he was unloading from his combine into his uh, into his the semi on a dirt road in several or a couple of miles off of the highway. And you're not going to pass somebody, you know, if you're coming down that dirt road and you've got a large combine and a, and a semi sitting there, you're going to have to wait till the 
finished unloading the grain and move off so you can go through. And that's what the situation was that happened. And as soon as the person, uh, my friend moved off and the car, uh, the truck came through, uh, you know, he got the one finger salute from this gentleman. It was like, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> so <laughs> even, even kind of our interactions between folks that don't know each other mm-hmm. or don't, don't have any really communication uh, going. It, it's it's really a concerning kind of a situation. You don't know what to expect. You don't know the intent or the reaction yeah. of somebody else these days. So things, I just feel like things have been changing. Well, all right. So now, now I've really got to ask you this. So there you are in the eighteen wheeler. You're charging <laughs> down the highway. And you've got that great air horn that you can let go, right? I mean, you, you know the air horn I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Wah, wah, right. So, do you ever use it? So, in, in my limited <laughs> driving of uh, this vehicle, no. I I think I back <laughs> once when the little kids came out and wanted me to honk the horn, I did. Other than that, no. Um, defensive driving, being able to make sure you're not the cause of anything or that you're not paying people aren't paying attention to you uh because of something mm-hmm. stupid you're doing is important to me as i'm driving <laughs> so no uh, i haven't done that yet but would i what mm-hmm. to alert somebody or to communicate something that really needs to be communicated uh immediately i would but not yeah. out of frustration because i don't I, I don't know what the the other person might be thinking or what they might choose to do yeah That's and, and so we, so so in your car same thing you're yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna hit the horn unless it's a an emergency situation. Now, if I get three guys in the back seat that are pretty big, like my son, yeah, maybe no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not, it's not a wise idea. <laughs> no, uh, you know that's a, that's a really sad commentary, isn't it, it? It it is because if we're if we're too afraid to honk the horn, um. Just to let somebody know that, hey, that wasn't a smart move or what in the world are you doing? Um, then what makes us think that we can easily sit down and have a conversation with that person? Um, maybe not I, that person. I don't know. But I, Maybe I, not that person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, Tom, I do believe that, that with intentionality, uh, we should be able, that we can, um, get to a point where we can sit down and have conversation about difficult things where we learn from each other. We listen. I may even change my position or my thoughts. Um, I think that's a really important goal for us to have. I'm hoping that as we develop this particular cast that we can get to that point and we can demonstrate maybe uh, either between Mm -hmm. us or maybe, maybe with some other folks who might join us, the ability to have those kind of conversations. Yeah. So what you're saying is that um, there are preconditions to being able to have civil conversation with somebody. There are preconditions to being able to sit down and have difficult conversations, uh, conversations in which you and the other person may not fully agree. And uh, and and unless we meet those preconditions, um, it's going to be very difficult to do. And and certainly one of them it is this concept of the third space. And and so. Uh, probably, in, uh, I'm guessing that in the future, in the future, what we're going to be talking about are going to be things like, you know, what what are those preconditions? What are the elements that go into creating that third space that allow people to come together and and talk in meaningful ways 
about uh, issues that may be dividing them, but are still important for them to have conversations about. But absolutely, and I would hope, Tom, that we we might find some other voices that might help us in that conversation. Well, I've got my miniature schnauzer over here, <laughs> and I. I <laughs> Ebby. He's he's got Ebby. He's got a voice now. We yeah. I I completely agree with you. I hope that we can uh, we can do that. Um, it would be fun to uh, to get some people on here um, to talk with us a little bit. Um, you know, I I got to tell you, I heard I listened to a podcast. See, I love listening to podcasts. I listened to a podcast this last week. I would love to get that host on. I'm not going to mention the host's name, but I'm going to mention the podcast. Because I, I thought it was an absolutely fascinating podcast. It's called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. And, and the, uh, the host of that is actually from Kansas. Uh-huh. And it's not you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but she grew up in Kansas. In, and uh, um, so if uh, if anybody is out there and has heard this podcast and knows who I'm talking about, you might want to tip her off that it would be really great to have her on this because that entire podcast is a case study of either the success or failure of dialogue. And so it's, uh, you know, when, when you listen to it, you can make that determination yourself. Is it about the success of dialogue or is it about the failure of dialogue? But it is a fascinating. Have you heard of that? Uh, you know, I have not. In fact, uh, uh, I just heard about it now. And I, that's my next thing to do this afternoon. There you go. Is listen to the witch trials of J.K. Rowling. You know, I we probably shouldn't be promoting somebody else's podcast, but what the heck? Hey. You know, we're we're doing this for fun. We're not doing that, you know. Well, hopefully we are not going to get rich on this, that's for sure. But we, if we believe that this is an important topic, we need to spend some time uh, working through it. And, and Tom, I think uh, you have, you've been very creative. And one of the things you've been creative about is coming up with kind of a, um, a way for us to end these podcasts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want to take that away? Because I will stumble through this because I... Uh, okay. Until All I right. So, 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 you know, some of my best thinking happens in the bathroom <laughs> oh, okay. and, and usually in the shower, right? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's about, but, uh, the song super califragilistic expialidocious came to mind. Now you remember that song, right? Sure. Uh, we, yeah. we shall not try to sing it together because I know you can sing and I cannot, but, uh, you know, the verse is super califragilistic expialidocious even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious, supercalifragilistic, expialidocious. And I began to, to think about that in terms of, you know, I've heard people say some things that just really kind of, or do, see or do some things that just tend to really quelch, you know, conversation. And, and I've done that myself. I've done really dumb things. And so this came to mind for me. <laughs> stupid, callous, fracking, idiotic, and obnoxious. Even just the sound of it is something quite outrageous. If you say it loud enough, it truly will provoke us. Stupid, callous, fracking, idiotic, and obnoxious. So I think what you're alluding to here is that you have a nomination to get the very first Stupid, Callous, Fracking, Idiotic, and Obnoxious Award 
Is that right, Lamar? I do. You know, um, just a, a stone's throw from uh, where I'm at in the center of Kansas is a little town called Marion, Kansas. And if you've been watching some of the news reports of the last month, you you know that in the middle of August, in this little town of Marion, uh, the uh, police chief uh, and his his uh, officers and a couple of sheriff's officers got a warrant from a, a local judge to raid the the local newspaper's office and home of the editor and his mother. Incredible. If you read all the backstory, there's a lot of kind of local drama, personal drama kind of going on the behind it that maybe kind of drove this. I'm not going to go into all of that. But my nomination is for the police chief, Cody Gideon, um, a recent hire out of Kansas City to this little town. Uh, who led this raid into this um, uh, into a, a, a legitimate newspaper that's been around forever uh, and took cell phones and computers and gave people their rights and took documents that eventually got returned after the county attorney got a whiff of it. So uh, uh, that's my nomination. You know, in this in this country, we value and we must value the freedom of the press. And there's all sorts of protections in place to to make sure that we don't squash that ability for us to be able to to know what's going on in our communities and in our country and and to get a perspective. Uh, so in my in my situation or my, my corner here, Cody Gideon, chief police of uh, Marion, Kansas, is kind of winning that award for me today. Ooh, very good. And I and I actually see that the Kansas Bureau of Investigation has gotten involved in that whole situation too. Yeah, they did. So yeah. that's gonna it's gonna be very, very interesting. Well, my nominee for the stupid callous fracking idiotic and obnoxious award uh for this time out is and I know this is this is gonna sound this is very cliched, but it is that time of year. Uh, when we are facing um writing a new budget for the United States. And uh, and we are also uh, facing a time to extend, uh, um, I, well, I make some really important decisions related to the debt and 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 you know keeping the country funded and all of that kind of stuff. And so, if I can do it, I want to nominate all four hundred plus members of the House of Representatives, and let's throw in the Senate as well, because you know, folks, please just just. Stop it. I just want to say that to Congress. Just just stop it. Just get her done and let us go about our lives, okay? That's all I'm asking. So there's our inaugural uh, uh, episode. And so uh, we, we, uh, we hope that if you have stumbled across this, that you have enjoyed these last um, 30 minutes with us. And uh, we're, we're going to try to drop these. Um, well, we're still figuring that out. We don't know how often we're going to drop them. We may actually do a series and then drop that. But keep checking back here. And uh, and we'll keep you updated on, on what's happening next with, uh, with this podcast, Getting to Third Space with Lamar and Tom. So I'm Tom. I'm Lamar. And so we'll see you the next time, okay? All right. Bye. All right. See you later, Lamar. See you, man.